Hello and welcome to another episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine, inspirational stories from everyday people. Tonight I will be speaking with a gentleman by the name of Sean Anderson. He and I have never met. Tonight we'll be visiting for the very first time. Hello? Hey, is this Sean? It is. Hi, Sean. It's Grover. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. Hey, I know we've never met, so hopefully this isn't too awkward visiting with a stranger. Well, I'm not going to lie. It's a little awkward. I never thought in a million years I'd be talking about my addiction. I just um, want to say but, thanks because, I mean, this is something pretty personal to you. Absolutely. And you'll just have to bear with me as I guess we go along because it gets pretty real for me. Well, and you know? I appreciate you being real. I appreciate you being honest. Yeah. Absolutely. It sounds like we have a mutual friend, my son Tyler. You know my son Tyler? Absolutely do I know your son. (laughs) (laughs) With me, you're going to get nothing but like real. So here we go. Okay. (laughs) When I met your son, he was my probation officer. I had a, a reputation or a past and I got put on misdemeanor probation and me and him just didn't see eye to eye, didn't care for each other. Mm-hmm. And then to add insult to injury, I got probation violated and ended up in jail. And then your son went to be a jailer. <laughs> and I didn't think I was ever going to get rid of him. <laughs> you know, it's just real. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so there he was. And I'm not too sure that he probably didn't violate me on that violation that I was serving time when he was a probation officer. Okay. And then one thing led to another, and then he became a cop, and I just got wrapped up in a drug addiction and and lost myself and been to hell and back a few times and got clean about eight years ago and just never looked back. And when your son came up to me and asked me, I'm like, why do you want me? You know, and he's like, you're kind of a miracle. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, I'm not no miracle. I don't think of myself as a miracle. And, you know, I respect your son and I respect all the law enforcement today. They were just there doing their job. But yeah, you know, that's that's how I met your son. And today we we have a great relationship, honestly. You know, I, I respect your son and he respects me and he knows where I've been and, and where I'm at now, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, I thank my lucky stars every day that I'm where I'm at. Exactly. So, you know, because I don't know you, kind of give me a, an idea where you were then and and where you are now this is really new to me so where would you like me to start this podcast is a format for people to share stories about their lives and everybody has a different story to tell so really just kind of give us an idea of where your story begins the journey you've been on and where it's taken you okay well i guess it all started probably when i was you know, throughout the years, I went through a lot of treatment and, you know, I had to kind of pinpoint some things. And I guess I based my life on it starting out at, at an early age of being able to, uh, I got a job in Idaho Falls serving beer and alcohol at 18 and we could drink at 19 back then. And it just put me in a whole different lifestyle and it kind of just turned my life. When I was in high school, I drank a little bit, experimented with a little marijuana you know, that's all, really all I did. That job just kind of put me into a whole new whole new lifestyle. Back in the 80s, it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and that's kind of where it started. 
from then about three years later after you know drinking and drugging and doing all this and getting introduced to cocaine and i uh, lost my mom at about 21 sorry to hear that and i just uh, hated the world and hated god mm-hmm. he was 56 and uh, i'll be 56 in uh three months so that number kind of haunts me mm-hmm. i'll bet it does but anyway so i really honestly um i quit giving a shit mm-hmm. uh i got married had a good wife she knew who i was what i'd done i was hoping things changed and things changed for some time I really never, ever got away from the smoking pot, got away from a lot of the other, and um, had a son, Zach, and kind of thought I had life together. Mm-hmm. And years down the road, um, I had two daughters in between there, Aubrey and Kennedy. And uh, years down the road, I just lost myself. Also, what everything about family was about. And like I said, just really didn't give a shit. I didn't want to live on life's terms. You know, mom died about when I was 22, right after I lost my mom, right during my mom, we separated for the first time. And, uh, you know, that just didn't help, you know. Right. And so things, you know, things got good. I worked for the city locally here for a long time, and things were good. And as far as work and life, kind of, marriage started going south. And uh, that's when I just kind of, throughout the years, just kind of, um, I got hooked on meth. It robbed me from anything I ever was, would have become, could have been. It's my marriage, my kids. Took it all, really. Ended up in every time of treatment you could give in the state of Idaho. None of them worked. Because none of them are going to work until you want to put your hands up and just give up. Right. And that's and probably what you felt like doing. Well, a hundred times over. I'd hit rock bottom several times. My, you know, robbed my family of money because they were bonding me in and out of jail. Lawyers because my family would never give up. It was uh, it was a crazy. Uh, I'd never been in trouble till I was four years old, and I got a rap sheet like you'd never believe. And I'm 55 right now, and I've been clean for probably eight years. But I got a quite a little rap sheet. But you're gonna have to forgive me because I'm all over the place. But so yeah, one thing led to another. Became a bad. Uh, just my life involved in um, meth. Um, that became my drug of choice. I didn't shoot it. I, I smoked it and snorted it. That was the way I chose to do it. It doesn't really matter what your drug of choice is or how you prefer to use it. It's all the same at the end of the day. And I just I just lost myself. I was in and out, went on riders, did drug court, any other kind of treatment, 90-day, 60-day, keep me in jail for a year, try to keep me clean. It was just chaotic. I was like a train, and my train had derailed, and just never could get it back on the track. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just pretty much lost, you know, I just got tired eight years ago. I just got tired of, uh, starting all over and, you know, my kids are just, my kids just give me unconditional love. And eight years ago, I was looking at a 24 year sentence. I got it reduced to 10 years and, uh, some crazy reason the judge gave me another writer, which was the same judge that just gave me a writer a year prior. And I was back in jail, you know, full blown as a meth addict six months later after my first writer. Didn't last very long. And, uh, you know, I prepared myself and went into court and met with my judge and stuff. And, or the lawyer, and they said, you're going to go do 10 years. And, you know, I'd put myself in that position, you know, from county time to being arrested every other week, literally, to, uh, you know, going to prison. You know, I chose I chose a different route when I went to prison. I, I chose a, you know, I could have I went and done my time and, uh, done all of that but i choose to do a program in the prison system you know and i don't know that that all saved my life but a lot of things had to save my life mm-hmm. i just choose to do it different when i got back and you know since then i got remarried and you know i got uh, 11 grandkids and you know i manage a small store in rigby and so did you end up serving the full 10 years in prison? No. So for some crazy reason, grace of God, I, you know, I'm not a real religious man. I was raised around the church and stuff, but, you know, I believe in God. And, but at the same time, it took me a lot of years to figure out God mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, because I blamed him like a lot of people do. You know, how do you take a 56-year-old woman that didn't do nothing wrong in her life, you know, and... Uh, for some reason, I was looking at that 24 years and went to 10, and, and he gave me a rider. And, and I got home and decided to do things a little different. Well, I think that's an amazing opportunity for you to, to take a look inside yourself and say, what what do I need to do with my life? And you did that. It, it took me a lot of years. You know, I, I used my mom as a crutch and, mm-hmm. and not accepting life and, you know, and then this last time I just started realizing, you know, she's been dead for 30 years. It's a little, little time to uh, get over that. You know, I'm in a full blown addiction and, you know, it, it wasn't her fault. Right. You know, uh, it's the path I chose because I didn't want to live on life's terms. And I got, I got very lucky. There's no reason why I shouldn't be there today. I shouldn't really be here doing the podcast. Why is that? Because, if I went in and done what I thought I was going to do, I'd barely be getting out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. You know, I'm not rich by no means. You know, I, I, I just live a modest life and got a good life and good kids and mm-hmm. a good place to work. And, you know, they accepted me at work for who I am. And I went in there just as blunt as I can be. And this is who I am and this is what happened. And, yeah. 
the message that you have, though, Sean, you said as we begin this podcast that it's real. And I just want to say that that's the best way to be. And yeah, no reason to be ashamed about no. it because that's your past, right? And we look at you who you are today. Absolutely. That's not who I am. I'm who I was, you know, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, just a little older and, and, but no, it's, it's made, you know, do I regret it? Eh, some, mm-hmm. I beat myself up for years over it and, you know, it's just part of me. It is who I am and I'm not a, right. I'm really not ashamed of that. I like to tell people that our past experiences shape us to who we are today and, not knowing oh, yeah. you, not knowing you at all, but just hearing your story, it sounds like you made a 180 and turned your life around to where right now life is great for you. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, could it be better? Oh, absolutely. But do I dwell on it? No, I just, I, I don't live for yesterday. I live for today. I live for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just, that's all I can do today, you know, is, is just go on. It's made me who I am today, and it's probably it made me appreciate life. And I was the guy that went to work at eight to five and came home with my kids. And you know, mm-hmm. I mean, this could happen to you. Right. This could happen to your grandkids. Absolutely, you don't know. I didn't wake up one morning and come from a bad family and think I was going to be an addict. Don't kid yourself. That's the one thing I can say for people: is don't kid yourself. Mm-hmm. It could be your grandson across the table. Addiction, it don't care. Don't care who you are, don't who you, or who you came from, or where you came from, right. or what your morals were. That's right. They don't care. And it'll swallow you up before you know it. You didn't start out life, like you said, thinking that... Absolutely not. I mean, I came from good parents. You know, we went camping, we did everything... I mean, we did everything I thought a normal family did. We weren't rich and stuff by no means, but, you know, we did with what we had to do, and I thought life was good. Mm -hmm. I I had no other reason not to believe, you know, that life was good. I didn't come from an abusive family, or, or, you know, and that was the hardest part when I went through my addiction. It's like, you know, you guys can't blame it on my family upbringing, or that's all I seen, or... You guys got to fix the part of me that likes that high. Mm-hmm. And when you can fix that, then I can get clean. I like to get high. Mm-hmm. And I like the way it made me feel. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't shoving all that remorse and all that. I get emotional about this because I didn't feel emotions for 20 years. Mm-hmm. How does it feel now to be able to experience that? <laughs> Sometimes I hate it because when I want to talk like this, I can't talk without emotional but that's just, that's um, who you are, though. I mean, emotions are real, right? Right. Yeah. But I've lived with it today. You know, I've learned to live with it. And like talking to your son and other people, I don't I don't beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. I'm local from here, and I know every, pretty near everybody, and they know me. They know about my past, but it is what it is. Right. But it is you know? just what you said. It is your past, and your past is in your past, and the mm-hmm. only thing you have control over is the present. Right, right right now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I can't change what is not in my control today. Mm-hmm. I just go on. And, you know, the grace of God gave me a new wife and kids, like I said, that gave me unconditional love. And, you know, they love her just like their own. And I didn't ask them that. You know, 
my kids just basically said, you know, you screw this one up. I don't know how much more we can give you. All right. You know, I didn't have another high in my addiction, just like my kids didn't have another time seeing their dad locked up. This time I'd be gone for years. I'd never see my grandkids or my kids. I was at that point with law enforcement that I was done. I was facing the habitual criminal, three strikes, you're out, all that. Mm-hmm. Should have happened sooner, but it didn't. Somebody gave me another job, so. Yeah, so now make Here the I best am. of that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I, I go a, back. So I have a question for you, Sean. How important yeah. is it for you to be able to be accepted for who Sean Anderson is? For be to be accepted for who you are. You know, for a long time, I probably couldn't have answered that. But you today, you you accept me for who I am, and I accept myself for who I am. You can love me or hate me. Mm-hmm. I got plenty of family. I got plenty of true friends that really care, and, and I know that are there. Mm-hmm. You know, right? That's here's the deal. We all live by some form of the Bible, you know, if there's only one person that can judge, you don't know what they've been through. That's right. What matters is they pick themselves up. Mm-hmm. Don't continue living in, excuse my French, but don't continue living in that shit mm-hmm. because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people can't really say they know what you're going through. Even if another person's had an addiction they experience it differently. We all experience things differently. And so I don't, you know, the saying, walk a mile in someone's shoes, I don't know if we can actually do that. We can have empathy and understanding for people, but to really be in your shoes, I would experience it even differently than perhaps you did. Would you say that's accurate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very accurate. We don't know what what that other person's, you know, walked. Yeah. And you can't live in that other person's shoes. Mm-hmm. And Bill, yeah. I mean, that's, we're all here for different experiences. I agree. We're all going to go through our trials and tribulations and, you know. Yeah, you know, I came across a quote by Plato, one that fits what you just said. And he said, be kind to everyone because they're fighting a harder battle than you are. What do you think about that? I don't even know if words can touch that. It's pretty powerful. Absolutely. It's exactly how I try to, you know, mm-hmm. make progress. For me, that's what everything is about, is just making progress. You're right. I told myself that last time that, you know, I don't beat around the bush. My grandkids, they all know where I've been and what's happened. And it's been that day since when I got out. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be. Anyway. Well, if you had to give a message, what would your message be? Um, just go forward. Put your past in your past and go forward and find that ray of sunshine. You know, it, it's there. I mean, I never thought in a million years that I'd just, I don't know. I'm not much of a talker and I don't have big words but just go forward and, and move on. And, you know, you're going to hit bumps, but, you know, then bumps just make you a stronger person and just, it can be done. I guess the, I guess the one word I have to anybody, if anybody, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And anybody that knows me can tell, it can, I'm not a miracle. 
Mm-hmm. I can do it. They can do it. If you're not a miracle, what, what would you describe yourself as? I don't know, just somebody that wanted to change, somebody that wanted to become the person that they once was. Mm-hmm. Um, just get back to being who I really was, I guess, as a person, as Sean Anderson. Mm-hmm. Just listening to what you had to say, I would be the first in line to congratulate you for making that big change in your life. And whatever the reason, however you did it, you did it. It was you. It was Sean Anderson that did it. Right. With help from God, right? Absolutely. I had to do something different, you know, and things didn't work out that way. Just coincidental, not with my record and coming into court and seeing what the judge had to say and you got to realize I was in there every two or three weeks. I was not a, you know, frequent flyer miles is beyond, you know, just the airlines. Right. You know, it was kind of a joke with the jailers and your, your son and, and a lot of them, you know, and, and we all laughed about it. I didn't take it, you know, but things had to change. Right. I'm 56 years old or 55, be 56. Things had to change. Mm-hmm. I'd lived in chaos for so long. I didn't know anything different. So how does it feel but, now knowing and, that you just, I mean, it's got to be a wonderful feeling to know you've left that past in the past and are able to just breathe and experience life like you want to. It is because I've been very fortunate because, you know, as hard as a user as I was in my addiction and stuff, I can't say they've been real easy, but, you know, I just, you know, they talk about this character defect in the 12-step program. And, you know, I just, I didn't even want that defect. Maybe that's what I did different. I just asked for that defect to be completely removed because mm-hmm. I couldn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm at today because of that. I don't ever think about using. I talk about it. doesn't make me relapse. I'm right where I need to be at this moment right. for some crazy reason. Mm-hmm. I'm right here where I need to be. That's got to be a good feeling. You know, it, it is. I, I'm happy where I'm at. And knowing my parents are happy where I'm at, too. Oh, you bet. You know, because I guess I should back up. You know, during that last time when I was on uh, my last rider, mm-hmm. there was uh, three of us that were from Jefferson County, and we uh, two of them lost their dad. You know, my dad was in bad shape but always told me, and told everybody around him that he wasn't going anywhere until I got back and got my shit together. Mm-hmm. And uh, he lived four months after I got home. And today, him and my mom don't have to worry about nothing. I'm Like I said, I'm right where I need to be. You know what, Sean? I think they're probably very proud yeah, of you. Yeah. You know, I, I was a fortunate one to, got, to have my dad for four months where my buddies, they didn't. Their dad died while they were in prison. They didn't get that luck. Right. That's a tender mercy for you. Yeah. Oh, howdy. Mm-hmm. You know, could I have stayed clean if he wouldn't have? I don't know. I didn't do too well during my mom's death. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, yeah. Well, your story That's- is very inspirational, and it fits just what, what the name of this podcast is, Inspirational Stories from Everyday People. And uh, I know that what you went through and being willing to be raw and real about it, people will respect that. And that's what we need to hear, don't you think? We need to hear more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Especially with drug addiction and stuff. There's no sugarcoating it. There's not. You know, quit sugarcoating it and getting right to the point, and, you know, and helping them out. I was fortunate. 
you know, to be in a generation of, I don't want to say fortunate, but, you know, with what these kids are going through with fentanyl and all this other drug and it's couldn't imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to have sympathy for these kids today. You don't know what their story is. Addictions are hard to deal with and people need to understand and be patient with those who go through them. Yeah. Yep. You have to be, but you have to find time in that addiction. You're going to give that addict unconditional love and it's going to be the most gut-wrenching thing you've ever had to do. It might be your kid. It might be your grandkid. It's gut-wrenching for both the addict and the person that loves that addict and wants to see the best. Right. Uh, You put that very well. Well, Sean, I know I've taken a lot of your time, but I I just personally... No, you're fine. Yeah, I just want to say thanks because you've opened my eyes and it's been very refreshing to hear your story. Well, I appreciate it. I'm probably not your normal podcaster guy. I struggle when it, I don't know, it's it's funny. I, I struggle with things like this, but sometimes I can be really, you know, I've always been out in the open, but I don't know. It you, can be difficult. You did very well tonight. You got the message across well, that you wanted to get across. So thank you very much. Well, I appreciate it. All Absolutely. Right. Well, hey, I look forward All to right. meeting you in the future. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, Sean, you have a good night. All right, you too. Okay. Thank bu- you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine. I don't know about you, but as I sit here now, uh, it just tugs at my heart to know that uh, people go through these kinds of things, and to hear his story really helps me understand a little bit more. And I hope that each of us can open our hearts to those people who are struggling and going through difficult times. So as always, remember to speak up, speak out, and speak often. Bye-bye.